The following podcast is a production of the Austin Radio Network. This is the only sports podcast in America that can throw a tight spiral, guard the perimeter, and always has its head on a swivel. Welcome to the Full Sports Monty with your host, Monty Williams. Hello and welcome to the Full Sports Monty. This is another one of those open immediately podcasts. We have very sensitive, time-sensitive material, and I want to welcome in Kit McConico, who is our resident soccer expert. Kit, hello. Hi, Monty. Thank you for having me. I'll tell you what. Um, now we know who's who's uh, in the finals. I really wanted to be France and England because I could go into Agincourt and you know the Battle of Waterloo records <laughs> and all kinds of things like that, uh, French and Indian wars. But now it's the Croatian nation. And um, it looks to be a great final. France plays great defense. Croatia has come from behind in nearly every game they've played. It should be a fantastic final. These two teams play up-tempo. They both have speed. They both like to move the ball quickly. Congratulations to Croatia. They've, they've played a fantastic tournament, the second smallest nation to ever make the World Cup final after Uruguay. They've come from behind. In, their, in the last three rounds, they won the previous two in penalty kicks. Their first ever World Cup as an independent nation back in 98, they came in third. So this is new ground for Croatia. And there's there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Their star player, Luka Modric, has been indicted for perjury. He will go to trial after the World Cup. Actually, before the World Cup, when they played a, a friendly with Brazil, there were Croatian fans rooting against them because of all the issues going on at home. But as is often the case in sports, if you win, everything is forgotten, everything is forgiven, and that is, well, what Croatia is trying to do. Well, I know Croatia had a very respected team, but but France, in in many circles, was kind of the odds-on favorite, uh, along with maybe Brazil or you know Germany before before the tournament started. But uh, but but France is going to be the favorite in this final. Is that right? Without a doubt, this is a fantastic French side. They were one of the favorites coming into the tournament. They had the second youngest roster, actually tied with England for the second youngest roster. They've made three of the last. Six World Cups. They've made the finals. This is a very good French team. They have incredible speed. Young stars like Kylian Mbappe, just 19 years of age. He's fantastic. Paul Pogba, who's gotten lack of performance at Manchester United this season. He's played strong. Their goalkeeper, Hugo Lloris, has been outstanding in frame. All in all, this is one of the best teams, and they are very deservedly in the final. They are the favorite. The question to me is, and this is for a lot of French fans, is they left Olivier Giroud out. It wouldn't be soccer without controversy. Or They, they have Giroud in in place of Kareem Benzema. Benzema had a uh, sex tape scandal a few years back, and Didier Deschamps, head man of France, has not allowed him on the squad since. He's an impressive player, is Benzema. He has 27 goals and 81 appearances for Le Bleu, but he hasn't been on the side since 2015. Giroud has not done very much in this tournament as the target forward. It's been the guys behind him. They have great speed. They are really going to put the pedal to the metal, and I think Croatia is going to do the same. As I said, it will be a very entertaining final on Sunday morning. Well, France, to me, especially against Belgium, the the, the inner core defense just seems to be so rock solid. Belgium had their chances, no question, but France just seems to be superior defensively. Croatia, on the other hand, it looked to me like the three Lions kind of faded 
once Croatia came back and tied it. I mean, you know, in all sports, body language is such a big thing. It doesn't matter whether it's basketball, football, baseball, soccer, whatever. And it looked to me like that really took the wind out of the out of the British Navy, so to speak. I couldn't agree more. And you, you could tell the difference as soon as the equalizer was scored by Croatia. England dictated. They played the style they wanted to play. They played a slower tempo. They knocked the ball around. It was another set-piece goal, and not a surprise. I mean, more than half the goals in this World Cup have come via the dead ball. England, nine of their 12 goals have come from set-pieces. For Harry Kane, he wasn't on his game. He didn't get a lot of service. He wasn't able to do what he's done this World Cup. And Croatia did what they needed to do. They continued to play their game, and they got the ball wide. They used their speed. They put pressure on England's defense in the second half. And when Croatia scored, I think most people knew that Croatia was going to win, be it in extra time or even on to penalty kicks. Looking back over the World Cup, this particular year, this particular World Cup has been a great one. There have been so many games decided by a you know, a goal in, in the uh, extra period, or it's been on penalty kicks. They've It's just been a very, very deeply contested. There haven't been many routes in the knockout round anyway. No, there really haven't. And I would say even in the group stages, you didn't have any, any routes. You didn't have any teams just taken to the woodshed, so to speak. It's been a fantastic World Cup, one of the best that I can remember to have teams that necessarily weren't your prohibitive favorites. Obviously, Croatia in the final to have teams coming in that have put such a great display, teams like Denmark, Belgium, it's been great for the game. Even even Russia, people said, well, is there collusion here? I, I, don't, I don't buy that at all. Obviously, uh, FIFA is far from the cleanest organization. But on, but on the pitch, especially in the World Cup, players aren't going to capitulate. Nobody's going to be bought. This is, your, this is your legacy. Everyone knows that. And so to see these countries, to see them play the way they have, to see them stepped up, it's been a very entertaining World Cup, especially for the casual fan, not the diehard fan. And I'm glad to see casual fans getting into it. I hope they will continue their soccer fandom as opposed to just the one month every four years. Well, and I sense such an enthusiasm in the United States for this particular televised event, even given the fact that the U.S. has no team you know, in the, in the, in the finals, and uh, I mean in the entire tournament. So it seems like it's so caught on and is in the fabric, certainly in Austin, Texas. Um, do you think that social media, the fact that every four-year increment that goes on, I mean, there you're so much more dependent on Twitter and Facebook and you know live feeds and the idea of seeing little clips of the games and streaming and everything. It really has been a remarkable success in the United States, even given the fact that the U.S. hasn't had a team in the World Cup. It has, and that was a big question. Certainly from media coming in, Fox had spent a ridiculous amount of money on this World Cup, assuming the U.S. would make it. We all assumed they would make it. They weren't in it, and well, that's part of it. You have to qualify. They will be in it in 2026 because they host, and well, the host automatically qualifies. So good news on that front. But to see American fans gravitate to this as much as they have considering that the u.s national team was not in it's been fantastic that was a question mark but it's such such an electric event it brings the world together nothing brings the world together stands time still like the world cup does and as this country continues to grow we become more international we have people from all over living here people are getting on board and they understand what a huge event it is and i mentioned the casual fan 
I know a few casual fans that I've invited out to watch parties and they, they've come back time and time again because it is just such an electric atmosphere and it's so entertaining. I want to ask you two partisan questions. One, you are a fan of Argentina. They, <laughs> <laughs> they were out. Has there already been rumblings about changes in how they're going to approach either the next cup or their national team for the for the is it called the Pan American Games and has has there already been rumblings of changes on the uh, Argentine team? There were rumblings of changes on the Argentine team about 15 minutes into the first match of the group <laughs> stage. Um, the Argentine nation, the Argentine fans, they are very quick to criticize. They, they they were obviously unhappy with the performance this year. There were issues with the coaching staff. I would say that was one of the biggest. There were issues with the roster, players left on, players maybe on the 23-man roster that probably shouldn't have been. It, it, it's it's going to be an overhaul. There there will there will certainly be changes. I think in both the U system, they've already said that they are going to bring back uh, Jose Nestor Peckerman, who is their previous youth coach and who is the coach of Colombia for this World Cup. He's an Argentine. He led them to sensational success on the youth front in the early and mid-2000s. He's going to come back to take back over that youth program, which hopefully will pay dividends. There will be a new head coach. They haven't announced who it will be. And I, I personally think this is the end for Messi. And everyone talks about Messi and Ronaldo. Messi's 31 years old. He turned 31 earlier this month. It, it, this should be the end. It should be the end for him. The and end of Messi in World Cup, you mean? Yeah, not, yes, not, absolutely. I no, see. no, no. He he will continue to play for Barcelona. He will continue his club career, but this should be the end of his international career. He should finish up his national team career with Argentina. And unfortunately, it's not. It, it didn't turn out the way he wanted it to. Everything he could, he gave his heart and soul for the for the light blue and white, the Audi Celeste. Um, the pressure on him was incredible, and it always has been playing for his native country. But it's time for it's time for the new guard. It's time for the young guns to step in and see what they can do. Time for them to make their mark for Argentina. You and I exchanged some texts today during the uh, during the the semifinal game, and I said when England lost, I said, "Darn it." You know, I wanted that to happen between England and France because it does represent 900 years of history and it represents kind of beer against wine and it represents Anglophiles against Francophiles. And I just thought it was such a perfect narrative. Croatia, I will say that Zagreb, the capital, does have an animation studio that was called for years and years and years the Disney of Europe. They have a fantastic animation studio, or at least used to. Um, but that you know, that's all I can say about Croatia. Then I know they have a beautiful coastline and great cuisine. Um, but but during that, you and I texting back and forth, you said, "Well, I understand why you wanted England. I'm thrilled. I hate England." <laughs> what what caused you to uh, hate England? Well, I'm, I've never been a fan of the national team. I'm not a fan of the league. First and foremost, I'm a colonial, as they would refer to me. I have oh. no love lost for our, for our former overlords. Um, they are self-righteous when it comes to soccer. They think they invented the game. They did not. They codified it. Let me make that abundantly clear. Their, their league, the English Premier League, is frequently called the best in the world. That's also a falsehood. It may be the most competitive top to bottom. It is far from the best. They have not had an English team win the Champions League, which is a premier club competition in Europe in some time. There are no match for the top teams of Spain, Italy, even France and Germany. 
Um, it, but again, it goes back to the self-righteous attitude of which they have. And England has won one World Cup. That was in 1966, and they hosted it. I was very happy to see them knocked out. Croatia has a great history of soccer. They haven't been an independent country for that long. When they were part of the former Yugoslavia, they were a power. If, they were, if Yugoslavia was still a country, I think they would be competing for every World Cup. But Croatia, has, it has a great history. I mean, you have teams like Dinamo Zagreb, Hajduk Split. They, they may not be the preeminent powerhouses of European football, but they take, they take the game very seriously. A country of just over 4 million people. Again, the second smallest nation to ever make a World Cup final. This is well-deserved. This is their golden generation. You had players in 98 like Davor Sukor, but even he says, I mean, you look at guys like Rakitic, Mandzukic, who scored the winner today. This is the golden generation of Croatian football. And my hat's off to them. They've, they've proved doubters wrong this entire cup. They have one more game to do so to bring home their first ever World Cup. We'll see if they can do it on Sunday morning. So I take that to mean, since France was also a colonial power, that you're going to be for the Croatians. Well, France wasn't our colonial power. I'm, I, I'm not a Quebecois. I didn't, uh, as, as an American, I, I actually I have a very strange rooting interest the way this works out. I have a team in Argentina who I support um, wholeheartedly. And there was a French national team player, David Trezeguet, who won the 98 World Cup, who is he's a, a French-Argentine. And his one goal was to play for my team in Argentina River Plate. When he retired from European football, he promptly made the trip to Buenos Aires, donned the white and red of River Plate. And so because of David Trezeguet and my good friend Jerome Cortonavis, I will be rooting for France on Sunday morning. You know, that's what makes the World Cup so much fun. Uh, there are these, I mean, it's world history that's involved and grudges that go back centuries, once again, is why I wanted France and England. But, I mean, I guess if you're rooting for a power that's not a colonial power, Sweden comes to mind. They really didn't <laughs> invade many uh, invade many countries or, or colonize many countries. Uh, I will say my son had a very funny line when Russia fell behind and then came back and it began to rain. And uh, my son, Max, said, well, bad weather always favors the Russians. <laughs> I He's just, not wrong about that. I've, I, I consider myself an American. I've, I've spent very little time in Europe. I've spent the majority of my time living abroad in the Americas, in Mexico, Central and South America. So I, I root for teams from the Americas, and for me, it's disappointing to not have an American team in the, the final four, so to speak. It was only European teams as Uruguay was eliminated, Brazil eliminated. So I, I kind of had to go down my my tier of fandom, so to speak, to come up with France. But I, I'll, all I really want is an entertaining match, and almost every match has been that. I don't I don't anticipate the final being anything different. I think it's tough to look out four years, but let me jump leapfrog that and say in eight years we are going to host the world cup along with canada and mexico i hope we're still friendly with those nations at that point as do i um obviously global politics are ever changing i I have a feeling we will be on better terms in eight years than we currently are Just, just just a shot in the dark on that one but as you and i have spoken about at length the World Cup brings people together, brings countries together. Everyone stops. Everyone gathers in front of the TV set to watch the games. It doesn't matter who's playing. And I, I think the 2026 World Cup is a huge opportunity for all of North America, for the United States, for Canada and Mexico to come together to collectively put forth a face to the rest of the world that we can do this together. We can have this huge World Cup 
on a massive team scale, on a massive logistical scale, being the size of North America, and we can pull it off and we can make it entertaining and we can make it great for the fans and hopefully we can do that. And hats off to Russia. From what I've, from what I've understood and talking to a few friends that are over there, Russia has its problems. I'm certainly not uh, patting them on the back for anything, but as far as this World Cup, they've done a good job pulling this World Cup off. What happens behind the scenes, I can't comment on, but they, they've done a very good job as the World Cup host. Well, and Kit, you've done a great job keeping me up to date on what's going on and your insight, your passion for the sport. Thank you very much. Uh, will you exchange texts with me during the final? Absolutely. I, I, would be, I would be happy to. Thank you. Thank you, as always, for having me, Monty. My pleasure. Thank you. Kit McConico, who you can follow, um, is it at Kit McConico on Twitter? At Kit McConico, and make sure you listen to the throw-in every Sunday morning at 9, right here on 104.9 The Horn. Holy cow, is that going to be almost a live broadcast? I mean, we you're going to be, be, didn't it start at, at 10? It starts at, it starts at 10, Cup host. I'm sorry, you failed. You you faded out there for a second. Repeat what you just said. We will be out at Little Woodrow's on Burnett Road um, promptly at 9 a.m. We will have a live broadcast, a live remote from 9 to 10, and we will be there to watch the match from 10 to noon. So we invite you to come out and join us and enjoy the festivities. All right, very good. Little Woodrow's is on Burnett right at the intersection with Hancock. They have great hamburgers, and uh, that sounds like a great time. Kit, thank you again. Thank you, Monty. And thank you, everyone, for joining this must-open-this-envelope-now, a special read-immediately edition of the Full Sports Monty. You've been listening to the Full Sports Monty with your host, Monty Williams. The Full Sports Monty is a production of the Austin Radio Network.